0: the people in life are countless, so we pray you heed our request. Enjoy this tale of sidekicks and sidequests. Side sidequests and Episode 59, Jocelyn and Deer and the Friendly Giant Tavern. Welcome to Sidekicks and Side Quests, the Dungeons and Dragons podcast that helps to put humans back into humanity and breathe life into your campaign NPCs with backstory and bravado. That's right, we're building a world one character at a time. I am your host, Kurt Crenwogi, the bardic paladin, and I'll be joining Stephanie Jones and Andrew Newcomb's table in the Levitating Platter. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Sidekicks and Sidequests, the best unofficial Dungeons and Dragons podcast in my humbly biased opinion. Uh, I'm joined by another pair of fabulous guests from across the pond, as it were, Uh, one from my past and another new friend. Uh, But before I introduce them, I'm trying this new thing. We're going to go ahead and give a shout out to our first sponsor, Plus One Experience, Plus One EXP. Of course, by now you've heard previous guests, Tony Vicinda started this brand, this company. They are big cheerleaders and supporters within the tabletop RPG community. Uh, You can definitely check them out on Facebook and Twitch, uh, YouTube and Twitter, of course, and that's where you'll find them on all their socials. Uh, But what is it that they bring to the table? Well, if you're in the market for some fabulous beard care products, they have uh, a series of balms that are named after all of the basic Dungeons and Dragons stats. So if you're feeling rather charismatic or dexterous or intelligent, get one of their balms, apply it to your beard and just feel yourself level up. Plus one EXP also has developed uh, a number of interesting and quirky tabletop role-playing games you can get a game called beards and beyond where you become a beard and go on an adventure Repugnant and then uh, Tony just released one called I Toaster which is an RPG game based on the beloved children's film Brave Little Toaster. When you support Plus One EXP you're also supporting independent tabletop content creators so go on over to the website One exp.com. use my affiliate code Randolph like how it's spelled in episode two and you can save some money on your purchases so thanks again Tony and Plus One EXP. All right now that's all out of the way we've left everyone in suspense. I turn the microphone over and ask who my lovely guests are would you care to introduce yourself tell us who you are and what is it that you do
1: my name is stephanie what do i do for work i'm a recruitment consultant within the construction industry and i'm from texas so obviously you'll know Kurt before your audience i suppose we <laughs> went to high school together and yeah. we haven't seen each other in ages but just kind of through the ethers kept in touch by social media so that's how i wound up here
2: um i'm andrew i'm stephanie's partner I'm from a place called Newcastle, which most people have seen beer mats in Texas pubs with Newcastle on it. Yep. yeah, <laughs> a very lovely brown
0: ale, I might add.
2: <laughs> that's where I'm from. So what I do, I'm a dentist, but I work up in Edinburgh in Scotland.
0: All right. Well, as we're moving along here with our questions of the show, it's Dungeons and Dragons related. So I have to ask both Stephanie and Andrew, have you ever played Dungeons and Dragons before? I have not.
2: No, I've not either.
0: Any experience within the tabletop role-playing game sort of field?
2: played a little bit. I don't know how it compares. Um, through lockdown, me and some friends have been playing Arkham Horror. Um, okay. And I guess there's a small role-playing part of that because you choose your different class of character and kind of level up different skill cards throughout the different levels. Um, so we've been playing a bit of that during lockdown. Um, but I would say that's the only real experience I've had.
1: And I don't even know how I've snuck into this chat because I have zero experience with games. Well I played Mario Kart for about six hours once and that's (laughs) it for me. Okay. I'm here to just chat and maybe learn a bit.
0: Well, the good news with this show is I've definitely had guests on that have never played Dungeons and Dragons before, but by the end of the episode, they have pretty much a solid idea of what it's like. And so far, I can say I've had 100% success rate of convincing people that, oh, maybe this game is something that I might want to check out in the future. Do you happen to have a favorite NPC or non-player character if they're from a video game? Obviously, if you're not a gamer, maybe you have a favorite minor character from literature, history, film, television, etc. Why would you consider them your favorite?
2: I chose Pagan Min from Far Cry 4. Mm-hmm, mm mm-hmm. um, mainly because I remember finishing the game and thinking I really wish I could have spent more time with that character (laughs) even though he was kind of the bad guy Mm -hmm. I think everyone was the bad guy in that game he was just very charismatic and by the end you were kind of questioning what you'd done throughout the entire game and regretted most of it.
1: Our talk from Anastasia honestly I (laughs) okay good (laughs) that's my favorite sidekick of all time I just love him he's He's got the goofy
0: voice, the and the go, my goodness. He's
1: fantastic, he's underrated, and I would definitely have him on board for any kind of uh, crime I was going to get
0: involved in. Oh, man. Now I feel inspired to make a character who has just a talking back companion, and he just goes, But master, (laughs) I don't know what we're doing. Yeah, no, that's great.
1: (laughs) He was so stressed out all the time, but he had a good sense of humor.
0: Exactly. Exactly. He's playing a board game, so... (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> you don't Aww. know how many times they've tried to get me in the game with my attention span is
0: shot. <laughs> now, side quests. Do you have a favorite one of those from like a video game? Or if not, a favorite B plot or minor plot from a film, television show, literature, historical event, etc. And why is it your favorite side quest?
2: Um, so I chose there's a mission. It's from the game Oblivion called Who Done It, And it's the Secret Brotherhood, where you get invited to a dinner party and you have to secretly kill off each guest without anyone saying you do it. Mm. Um, It was just sort of quite creative. It wasn't just going around stabbing people, it was things like you could loosen screws on a mounted animal's head to fall on someone at the dinner table and things like that. Um, And it's years since I played it, but that's one that kind of stuck in my head. And it was just, I remember it being fun trying to complete it without anyone finding out that who was causing all the chaos.
1: And I don't have an answer for this because I, I don't have any, um, there's nothing that came to me because I don't, I've never done a side quest before. I don't think I did. I'm, I'm looking for where I wrote it down and I think I missed it. <laughs> so I haven't been able to scramble and come up with anything in the meantime.
0: Maybe to help give inspiration just some answers that other guests have given previous guest Olivia Wilson, She talked about in the movie Finding Nemo. She really liked the little vignette, little side part that they did where they were bouncing around on the jellyfish. Didn't really contribute much to the plot, um, but she talked about how that was her favorite side quest. So if I'm able to put you on the tiny spot of like if you're thinking on those kinds of lines, like, OK, it doesn't involve like the main story of the movie or something like that but just like a little fun little thing they did on the side that maybe it helped to develop a character or have a, allowed two different characters to kind of share a moment together or something like that.
1: See that shines a different light on it because I, I wouldn't have thought of that as like a side plot so let me think on it let me think if I can come up with something on the spot so even if it's just a moment yeah of the film there was a good dance-off in The Untouchables. Mm. Uh, have you seen that film
0: i think i've seen references to it but i don't think i've actually sat down and watched it
1: there's a lot of brilliant moments like that in that film that bring a lot of layers into it so that would probably be my uh, uh, up there for a favorite kind of
2: it's just a fun scene that breaks up. Mm-hmm. sort of the overall... Because
0: it's the heist movie, right? Kaiser Sose, is this the one? Or am I thinking of the wrong one?
1: Mm-mm. It's Omar Sky. It's a French film.
2: Oh. It, oh. it was remade recently with Brian Cranston and... Kevin, Kevin Hart. Hart. It was under a different name to get what it was because we haven't seen it yet.
0: I'm going to have to find this film and add it to my list then. But the, uh, the it's French just an version. unexpected
1: boogie scene, which you can never have yeah. too many of those, so...
0: As we come to the conclusion of the personal interview section, what are each of you passionate about and why?
2: So I put down for me a lot of sort of sports and any kind of completion. Um, I quite like having an end goal in sight and trying to tally up numbers. So like in Scotland, there's a number of mountains over a certain height and I like to tick them off a list and then on the other side of it maybe it's just work trying to kind of just improve on what I do each time I do it. I think I've always had quite a competitive mind so I always need to turn something into a competition so if it's against me or if it's against someone else that's kind of what gets me going. Uh,
1: Mine would probably be Successes through communication and connectivity. So, whatever you're trying to accomplish, you can get that done just by a conversation or by understanding somebody. I'm quite passionate about that. It feeds into my work, but of course, obviously, that works for any part of your life. So, that's something that I quite like to build on. So
0: I mean, I know on social media, you like to share outdoorsy photos like mountain biking and stuff like that. And obviously I with the that. hills of Scotland, <laughs> you are able to do some sick jumps and uh, maneuvers and stuff.
1: Probably more passionate about mountain biking than anything. That is an answer.
0: And the Jeep, too, right? You're a part of the Jeep love family. The
1: Jeep. Yes. Love, love any kind of big old four wheel drive vehicles the older and less gas efficient the better (laughs) i want to be able to smell petrol while i'm driving
0: well with the first part of the show concluded let's go ahead and head into some npc creation Now, this is the part of the show where we get to make up a little NPC, a little non-player character, one of our guests that's going to roll randomly, and then the other guest that has a template of an idea of the kind of character they want to make. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. So as I work to pull up my tables here for Stephanie, who's going to be rolling randomly today, whether you have physical dice or virtual dice at the ready, uh, the first question that we have to answer is... What is our character's name? So if you want to get a 20-sided dice, you can go ahead and roll that, and then we have our other character on standby. Uh, if you already know what your character's name is, let's go ahead and hear it.
2: Yeah, so my, my character's name is, it's not too creative, it's just Deer, which it stems from a Dutch friend of mine who once misheard my name, instead of Andrew, he thought it was Andier. So it's just A-N and then spelled like a deer you would see in the forest.
0: Okay. And then, uh, Stephanie, what did you get? Uh, It's 14. 14? Okay. So this answer was provided by our previous guest, Kia Young. Your character's name is Jocelyn. Oh, I like it. So we have Jocelyn and Andir. Okay, the next question to answer is, what is your character's ancestry? What is their uh, racial background? For Stephanie, we're going to need to roll a D100, which can be done if you roll two D10s. What's the ancestry of Andir?
2: So for Andir, it was sort of Nordic Scandinavian Viking.
0: Okay, so like a, so a human, but kind of like more flavored to be Nordic and, and Viking in appearance? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then Stephanie, what did you roll? A, a
1: seven and a six.
0: So 76? Yeah. Okay, interesting. The ancestry background you selected was Fearbold, Andir, the human, Viking, and then we've got Jocelyn, who's a Fearbolg. Okay, next question. Now we need to figure out what is the job or role in society that each of our characters has. Uh, so for Jocelyn, this is going to be a... So you're going to get one ten-sided dice and roll that. What is Andir's job or role in society?
2: But for Andir, it's just a sort of general... Because I was going again off the whole Skyrim thing. So just sort of a traveling warrior.
0: Okay, an adventurer for hire.
2: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay. Maybe it's not a mercenary, but that kind of thing, yeah.
0: And then uh, what did you roll on your 10-sided dice there, Stephanie? 10. Okay, interesting. This job was submitted by our previous guest, Justin K. Jocelyn is a bartender. So we have a Fearbulg, We have a bold bartender named Jocelyn and Andir, the human warrior for hire. We need to figure out the age range of the character. So for Stephanie, this is going to be a D8. How old would you say Andir is, Andrew?
2: I would say probably late 20s, so a little bit younger than myself.
0: <laughs> Late twenties, good age to too. be adventuring,
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: right? when We could still hit hit the ground on our ankles.
2: Yeah, <laughs> maybe he's at jumping over <laughs> obstacles.
1: And... <laughs> Motivated, <laughs> and I've rolled a six. So how old am I?
0: Elder was the answer. Fearbolgs can live up to, on average, five hundred years. So maybe not quite five hundred, but you've been around for a while. Seen <laughs> stuff. You've tended a bar quite a while.
1: (laughs) I'm haggard at this point. 400 (laughs) years behind the bar.
0: (laughs) All right. Now we need to describe the physical appearance of our characters. So when we look at Jocelyn, when we look at Andir, what are we seeing?
1: I'm quite inspired
2: by the picture I found. (laughs) (laughs) For me, I was kind of going just not like overly muscular, but fairly lean and athletic build. Not sort of the overly bulky bodybuilder muscle that you sometimes see on those sort of characters. Um, something that'll be a bit more athletic, I would say.
1: And for mine, we'll go softer kind of body, but like, you know, with a, a bit of an hourglass, big hair, big eyes, big ears from the looks of it. Fantastic, elfy look. I'm, I'm liking this look.
0: Uh, and I do have to correct myself. Fear are typically over 10 feet tall, averaging a height of about 10 and a half feet do you imagine that Jocelyn is like 10 feet tall or is she a little bit shorter than that? Or what are you thinking?
1: Could she be eight feet tall? That's nine, good. Eight? Yeah.
0: <laughs> she's a big woman.
1: I'm thinking yeah. like kind of a Frazetta girl. Look, okay. I mean, they're always such a powerful kind of presence.
0: Um, so like She's got ladies. some muscles on her too. Obviously yeah. she's tending a bar. She's probably like lifting up kegs and like moving stuff around and, all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, definitely. So uh, a hearty build.
0: If you had to pick three adjectives to describe your character, what three adjectives would you choose?
2: Those that would be nomadic, purposeful, and I don't know if fair with work, but not just out looking for money or anything like that. We'll take things on board and try and make the right decision in an ethical sense. So, honorable, maybe? Yeah, yeah, honorable. We'll go with that.
1: I'd like mine to be quite fierce. Very, uh, no-nonsense, but witty. And a very quick thinker, decisive. Okay. You say decisive.
0: What's the relationship between Jocelyn and Andir? Are they just like casual acquaintances? We have this nomadic, honorable sort of adventurer for hire, and yet we have this hardy, muscular, fearful bartender that's been there forever. Does Andir operate out of Jocelyn's tavern or something like that? That's what I
1: think. I think he could be the quiet, kind of grumbly guy in the corner, and I know what he's there for. Um, I know that, you know, he, he comes, sits in the corner. Maybe somehow
2: that gets involved. and in... We'll go with an Aragorn in the fancy is... <laughs> That's, that's <laughs> what I was
0: thinking. Oh, that's Strider over there in the corner. He's Sorry he's always, here. he's here every <laughs> Tuesday night.
1: Exactly. He's probably just... Uh... <laughs> <That's his mom. laughs>
0: so he's a regular then. Okay, interesting. So I guess Jocelyn and Andy have been able to kind of build a rapport as time has gone on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, so now each of our characters get to determine a valuable item, a piece of lore, a secret, or some ideal or concept that they ascribe to. So for Stephanie, she's going to roll a D4 to figure out the category, and then she's going to roll a regular six-sided dice. What is Andir's valuable item, piece of lore, secret, or ideal or concept that he ascribes to?
2: I think I'd like to roll a dice for this one, just to try and mix it up a little.
0: Oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. Okay, so I guess both of y'all will roll a D4 then to figure out the category. I rolled a three. Okay, so for Andir, it has a secret. And then uh, Jocelyn, what about Jocelyn?
2: I've
1: rolled a two.
0: Two. Okay, so you have a bit of lore, so some kind of knowledge about the world. So now, if each of you would like to roll a D6, I will tell you respectively from your list. I rolled a five. Five. Okay, so Andy's secret is that he's involved in a counterfeiting black market operation, and that was submitted by our previous guest, Carla Romero. So yeah, and and for all his honorable talk and nomadicness... (laughs) This seems like maybe he's a bit of a lie in there somewhere.
1: You're operating out of my bar.
0: Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. What about Jocelyn? Uh, I have rolled a
1: one. One.
0: Oh, how very apt. Our mutual friend and previous guest, Andrew Leslie, provided this answer. Jocelyn knows where the best pub in town is for entertainment. And I'm, I'm going to guess that it's probably her place. She's going to maybe be a little bit biased about that. Or maybe there's another pub in town that's got better entertainment. Who knows? <laughs> Bias. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> now You're I kind of- very busy giant. Yeah. Now I'm kind of interested for Andir, if he's involved in a counterfeiting black market operation, is this something that he's doing willingly? Is he deceiving Jocelyn this whole time? Is he kind of like caught up in it against his will?
2: I think maybe it's if he's going to try and stay honorable, it might be trying to build up some funds to finance something for the greater good. Consent. So it might not be entirely honorable. It's, there's obviously something negative and...
1: Could have a Robin Hood spin to it.
2: Yeah. Maybe it's not quite as good as Robin Hood, but it's it's said de- deceitful, did not it? So it's yeah. I think he's he's in there, he knows what's happening, but hoping to be able to turn it around into a positive long term.
0: It is true that it says involved in a counterfeiting black market operation. It doesn't mean that he's actually doing any of it himself. He could be caught up in it. I'm thinking, especially since you share that And Deere was an honorable individual. You know, he confides in Jocelyn all the time because he's regularly there at the tavern. Maybe he's in debt or something. Maybe he's trying to find a way out, but he just doesn't quite have the answer on how he's going to do that, because he needs money, so like, oh, I do protection stuff for this counterfeiting black market operation, you know, every once in a while, but at the same time, it's like,, Ugh, it goes against my moral code. All right. Somehow, this quest, I think the side quest, I think, needs to involve both characters unless you think it's more apt that each individual character has their own side quest that they're offering. No, no, I think we should
2: stick to one. Yeah.
0: Okay, so now you're going to roll the D12, the 12-sided dice that kind of looks like a soccer ball, or a football, as one might say in the UK. Four. Four. Oh, I mean, I tell you, man, the Holy Spirit works with this podcast because this answer was provided by previous guest Harper Hayes, and the side quest is, to bust up a counterfeit ring
2: group
0: (laughs) (laughs) so we have sorry
2: about your luck
0: so we have someone who's caught up that's the secret but at the same time maybe jocelyn's aware that this thing's going on maybe she doesn't know that uh andeer's involved maybe he has confided in her and so now he's gotten the courage to be like okay well you know we need to bust this up like i can't do it by myself i need backup are you heroes gonna help me out this is good. yeah is <laughs> good okay okay get you a crime <laughs> So with this side quest of busting the counterfeiting ring group black market operation, what is going to be the reward for the heroes if they help out Jocelyn and Andir?
1: Yeah, I guess in this case, I think monetary would make
2: sense. But it seems better more... from my character's point of view, it might be a service as in creation of a follower role.
0: Oh, so Andir's willing to offer up his services and kind of work as a follower, hireling type of character for them for a while?
2: Yeah, I think that would make sense for, for my character's point
0: of view. Yeah, because yeah, you freed him from his uh, shackles to this group. Okay, and then from Jocelyn's point of view, what would Jocelyn do after all was said and done?
1: I suppose there's got to be something that having a, a local tavern could offer for some sort of protection or secrecy or a place to do what you need to do. So just kind of offering a facility or a place for people to come and hide or stay.
0: okay, so Jocelyn is willing to open up the tavern as kind of like a base of operations, a safe house or a hideout. Yeah. Okay, that's really cool. It's good to be able to have places like if they get in trouble, they always have some place that they, well, we'll go to Jocelyn's, we'll just hide out there, we'll wait for the heat to blow down, and then we'll go adventuring. (laughs) But now we have to consider the opposite. What's going to happen if the players refuse to help out, or they fail? Fail in their attempts to bust up this ring.
2: Mm. I feel like it doesn't end well for Andy or if he gets caught out trying to get out of the ring.
1: No, he's
2: I mean, unsuccessful.
1: Do or die for you? Yeah, I think so. For me, what happens to me? I mean, you could end up getting I lose it. the bar.
2: Oh, you lose the bar. Lose so it could end up being like a protection racket to find out you're trying to interfere, and then you lose control of the bar. Mm. You might still have to work there, but.
0: So the operation, the, this counterfeiting black market operation now gets more bold. They push Jocelyn out. Maybe she works there, maybe she's just gone. Now the tavern's under new management and it's not friendly to the player characters at all.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. Ooh, you can okay. imagine that a tavern and you know, in certain story settings, it offers a lot to a community mm-hmm. as far as illegal operations especially are concerned. So
0: Yeah, now a lot of rougher characters are starting to show up in town and hanging around the bar. It's like, this used to be a nice, quiet town. Jocelyn ran the tavern. It was great. But now there's all these ruffians and thugs and just cutthroats that are hanging around. Our property values have all gone down.
1: Yeah, it'll really change (laughs) the ecosystem of the, the surrounding area.
0: Well, now that we've learned about Jocelyn and Andir, I think it's time we head into a random encounter. So we need I music. want dramatic music. <laughs> In post-production, there will be dramatic music. That cue's Absolutely. right there. So. <laughs> All right. So now this is the part of the show where we're going to get to basically play some Dungeons and Dragons. We're going to role play. We're going to get into character. We're going to get into the scene. So obviously, Stephanie will be playing the part of Jocelyn. We have Andrew playing the part of Andir. But the question is, who do I get to play? I'm thinking that maybe, perhaps... Uh, since this is a little sort of a rougher situation and we haven't heard from her in a while, it might be good if Sonya, the warrior woman, shows up and uh, decides to lend a hand. Cool. Cool. But before we get into this actual random encounter, I got one other sponsor. This random encounter is brought to you by Reaper Miniatures. They're located here in Denton, Texas. Uh, They've been around since 1994. They're great. They're excellent. They make uh, gaming accessories. They make some of the best miniature paints that my wife and I swear by. If you want to make your uh, game pieces pop and color, vivid detail to help fuel your imagination. Dice, they've got it all. They have a a great warehouse here. And if you uh, contact them ahead of time and, you know, pending uh, conditions and stuff like that, you could get a tour and you could get reject pieces. It's how I have a pair of cave spiders that only have seven legs instead of eight. And it's a mystery of why they have seven, but it makes the world a little bit more intriguing. Yeah, so there's a link on my website that if you click it and go through to Reaper Miniatures website, that's going to help with the affiliate link tracking internet traffic. So when you go on their website, you can spend at least $40. You'll get a free miniature of the month and uh, yeah, you can have a great time. And again, as long as you're going to Reaper Miniatures through my little affiliate link, it's helping to build that relationship. I know I recently got a $50 gift card to Reaper Miniatures. I'm very happy about that. I want to keep our relationship growing because Texans got to stick together. Go to my website, Sidekicks and SideKicksAndSideQuest.com. Go to the affiliate link for Reaper Miniatures and browse away to your heart's content. All right. So now I guess we will go ahead and uh, get into character. Jocelyn, is there a particular name of your bar? Or do people just call it Jocelyn's? Or, or what do you think?
1: Hmm. I think Jocelyn works. Jocelyn's or
0: the friendly giant the locals maybe call it the friendly giant because of jocelyn who works there and there's like a little wooden sign and it's like a happy giant instead of like a, a mean right. giant okay cool right yeah definitely
2: okay okay we'll with that
0: after her last adventure with helping a society a group of lycanthropes Sonia uh, is making her way to the next town. It's probably been a long while since she's gone on an adventure, but it's a lovely springtime, you know, birds are chirping, bunnies and hares hopping through the meadow and she's cresting the hill and she comes up on this fairly well-to-do city. And uh, as she's making her way, she realizes she's parched, she's thirsty. And um, she looks up at a sign and she can see this uh, happy-go-lucky sort of giant depicted on the sign. And so she opens the door and as she peers into the tavern, what does she see?
1: Mm, who uh, you see a very concerned Jocelyn having a quiet conversation with very stressed out Andir, putting their heads together over something.
0: It's probably like early morning, not quite lunch, so I imagine the pub is like very sparsely populated. So Sonia just kind of will sidle up to the bar and kind of like uh, nod her head and be like, hello, uh, could I have an ale, please? How does Jocelyn react to Sonia just walking up and asking for an ale?
1: When, oh, an ale. An ale. Well, she perks up and she, she gets behind the bar and she, she gets her nail. ale on me right now
0: <laughs> yeah. well i'm just curious is i mean Sonia's going to sit there a little bit but is she going to overhear some of the conversation
1: yeah so she's going to overhear it so she gets to the pint Uh she obviously seems quite distracted but she you know she does her job she she gets her a pint um and then she she comes back to the conversation with and dear about you know how they're gonna get out of this or how are they gonna bring it to a stop because obviously it has to
0: sonia will set her tanker down and kind of like turn her head and she'll be like uh hey, you got you got some problems you need help with?
2: I think initially it would be maybe dismissive because we don't know Sonia, but probably more because Andy is involved with it, I think your character will be more willing to look for help.
1: Perhaps a mutual name gets mentioned out loud, and that's why Sonia is allowed into the conversation because maybe she has some insight on one of the problematic people, okay. um, but it somehow finds a bridge into the conversation through information that she has or some sort of connection to some of the people that are part of the problem and that's how you know we find that there is a way that this stranger can actually maybe be of some use Mm -hmm. and therefore she's allowed a bit more insight into the conversation so who's that who's that mutual character going to be
0: You'll mention a name, and then uh, because Sonya has knowledge with Thieves' Camp, which is like a kind of a coded secret language that kind of like the more criminal elements speak, uh, Sonya will lean over, and I don't know whether Andir or Jocelyn know Thieves' Camp, but she'll reply in Thieves' Camp, and then she'll kind of say plainly out loud, like, oh, you're talking about the Silvercoats. Yeah, I've I've had dealings with them in the past, but are they up to trouble here?
1: And then... And we will go ahead and just, I think, maybe take a look at each other and mutually silently agree. Okay, I guess we'll just tell her what's going on here. And then, you know, maybe turn toe to toe with Sonia and just say, you know, this is what we're dealing with. This is what's happening around here. And we're worried about losing, you know, our livelihoods to this. We were trying to figure out how to get out of it.
0: Mm, Yeah, I've had to deal with them a time or two. I understand how these types operate. And she'll turn and look at Andy and she'll be like, so you're the one that's caught up in this mess?
2: Yeah, it's been going on for, for some time and it's starting to wrap itself around me a bit more and not sure what I'm going to do to get out of it.
0: Don't worry. You got me. We can take care of
1: this. <laughs> and so I suppose it's Jocelyn too because, you know, all of this is happening in, in my bar and, uh, and around my bar and we're not going to stand for it anymore. So we're absolutely going to kick in some doors and turn this, turn this operation on its head. And you know, can you help and, and how so?
0: Uh, Well, Sonia will kind of like gesture to the big sword that she has on her back. And she kind of (laughs) like, she kind of like flexes her muscles a little bit. And she's like, I think I've got the resume to back this up.
1: (laughs) So that's it. We've got a a trifecta now to, to go at it.
0: All right. So then I suppose the montage begins of Sonia getting filled in. And then I suppose, uh, unless Jocelyn's a capable fighter as well, Andier and Sonia will make their way to the Silvercoat's local hideout, and they'll begin to dismantle the operation. <music> and scene. So, okay. All right. There we go. What did you think? Do you think it was a, a good scene, a good representation?
1: Yeah. I do. I think that's really fun, and I like the way it kind of unfolds, and you can see it in your mind's eye. So I like five
0: stars. I like five stars. I wish more of those would show up on Apple uh, iTunes, but uh, (laughs) but I'll I'll take verbal five stars too. And Andrew, what did you think of the scene?
2: Yeah, I enjoyed it. Like it's something that's new to me,
1: so Mm it's same here. It's fun. It is making me want to go play a game now. (laughs) Yes, this does not happen to me.
0: (laughs) Excellent. They play Dungeons and Dragons all over the world, so I'm sure all you have to do is just kind of put a call out there in the UK, and I'm sure you would have dozen applicants within the first 30 seconds of the words leaving your lips.
1: <laughs> we're going to call you in a year or two, and we're like, Kurt, we're in debt. We've got- now we actually are having to run a counterfeit racket for tiny model models. Totally.
2: Exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we- they won't let us in the warehouse in Houston anymore. We won't pay our bills.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Well, so then you would say overall you're now that you've had a a small experience with Dungeons and Dragons, it's something that's piqued your interest and you had a good overall positive experience today on the podcast.
2: I would say a hard yes. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Yeah, because it's something like we say we've never played. We don't we didn't really have much of an understanding.
1: I would say this has definitely been a lot more fun for us than you. I'm sure you.
0: (laughs) Oh, I get a kick out of this when I get to introduce Dungeons and Dragons to people who've never played before. I think this is a good way.
1: We're like, like, this is going really well. (laughs) All right. It's good.
0: Well, I like to end the final thoughts of the show. Certainly, if you have anything else you like to add, you're more than welcome to. But I like to leave the last part of the show for my guests, a little bit of a platform. If there's any cause or thing that you're passionate about, if there's a project you're working on, if you want to be found on social media, where can we learn about all those things? Where can we find them?
1: Plug your stuff. <laughs> That's what this is. If you're in the Edinburgh area and you'd like any Invisalign. <laughs>
2: yeah, if you want to look at some pictures of teeth being on Instagram, Check out Andrew's business page. You know, it's underscore Dr. Andrew on Instagram.
1: Um,
2: it's just something I've started in the past month, maybe.
1: And I have I mean if you want to watch me wreck a mountain bike, it's Stray fox 87 on Instagram, but I have nothing to plug. <laughs>
0: Stephanie, Andrew, it was great to catch up once again. And it was great to make a new friend, a new acquaintance. Uh, so thank you for taking time out of your lovely little vacation to speak with us on the podcast today. And we, uh, we look forward to speaking with you again in the future once you've both become Dungeons & Dragons addicts.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> thank you for your patience.
1: <laughs> yes, and thank you for uh, facilitating some fun for us. This has been cool. A good little addition to our, our holiday here. This was This was all of our chat last night over a bottle of wine. Okay. Thank you. It's been fun catching up a bit.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Sidekicks and Sidequests. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Overcast. Or feel free to save the RSS feed to use the app of your choice. Visit our website, sidekicksandsidequests.com, for links, write ups of the NPCs, and to learn more about the show and the guests who have been on it. To stay up to date and interact via social media, you can follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Reddit by searching for Podcast. I would love to talk D&D and showcase your fan art, stories of how you used our NPCs, discussions, and commentary. If you would like to hail the bod, send an email to sidekicksandsidequests at gmail.com. To help this show be the resource it's meant to be, I ask that you please leave a review on iTunes to help spread the word, and share our show with your friends and family. Whether you're a veteran player or an aspiring dungeon master, there's something here for everyone, and I want to hear about it. Sidekicks and Sidequests is unofficial fan content permitted under the fan content policy, meaning I'm not approved or endorsed by Wizards. Portion of the materials used are property of Wizards of the Coast, copyright Wizards of the Coast, LLC. Thank you for your support, and I'll see you at the pub next time. Bar to rock on 1, two, one two, three, four. Four. Psychics and cyclists.